You're listening to an event from the U.S. Institute of Peace, part of the USIP Podcast Network. For more information about our work around the world, visit usip.org and check us out on social media. Good afternoon and welcome to the United States Institute of Peace. I want to thank you all for your patience uh, as we're starting a little bit late, but you're in for a very interesting conversation, so thank you for joining us here today. My name is Thamana Salikuddin, and I direct our South Asia programs here at USIP. And we have a particular treat today where we will be, instead of talking about the geopolitics and you know who said what, today we're going to use the lens of art to explore conflicts and challenges in South Asia. And I'm very honored to have on stage with me here today some very interesting and very important people in the field of conflict resolution. We have Dr. Akbar Ahmed, who is the author of the, poem, the play that we will be discussing today, Gandhi and Jinnah Return Home, a play in three acts, and Manjula Kumar, who is directing the play, and we have three of the actors who will be playing critical roles in the play. And I will introduce everybody. They have a storied background, so I do want to share with you who's on stage. But before we get into it, I want to talk about why are we talking about a play today here at USIP. Gandhi and Jinnah Return Home is a play uh, that offers new insights into the lives and legacies of two of the most important figures in modern South Asian history. It examines these historical figures, but it also takes historical fact and mixes it with creative imagination. And as we look at South Asia, uh, a region that's riddled with various conflicts and more than a fourth of the world's population, there are many, many different attempts at peace. The post-colonial conflict that really continues to plague the subcontinent is the one between nuclear armed states of India and Pakistan. And while we may not see much in the way of progress, among diplomats or generals for that matter, the citizens of India and Pakistan and the diasporas of these two countries have found a multitude of ways to connect with one another. And this play, Gandhi and Jinnah Return Home, follows in that rich South Asian tradition of using plays, poetry, and stories to both critique and comment on social issues and, and conflict. Gandhi and Jinnah Return Home, and a play in three acts, will open live at American University for audiences this weekend. We hope you go check it out. And I will turn now to each of my panelists with some opening questions to better understand the play and for, uh, to see why is it that we are looking to art to try to resolve some of the most pressing issues and conflicts in South Asia. We will also have a chance to take questions from the audience, so I thank you all for joining us here today. I want to start, of course, with Dr. Ahmed. Congratulations on this uh, impactful new work. It is, uh, it, it is quite an achievement. You have written many plays. Uh, for all of you, you, you know Ambassador uh, Dr. Ahmed is a distinguished professor with the Ibn Khaldun Chair of Islamic Studies at American University and a Wilson Center Global Fellow in Washington, D.C. He was Pakistan's High Commissioner to the UK and Ireland, and his career has included distinguished posts in both academia and public service. He's won the Star of Pakistan Award, the inaugural Gandhi Peace Award, and along with Professor Judea Pearl, the inaugural Purpose Prize. But he has also published, I think this is your third play, yes, third play, and third time I think we're gonna turn to Manjula as well. But I wanna start, uh, Dr. Ahmed, 
Um, the premise of this play is that the founders of modern India and Pakistan, Mahatma Gandhi, Muhammad Ali Jinnah, these larger-than-life characters, personalities, they come back to visit India and Pakistan 75 years later, right? We use our imagination to see what it would be like if they visit now. And they find a host of problems in both countries. And they also work through their own personal issues in your play. The play is an interesting blend of historical fact and creative imagination. I want to start off, what inspired you to write this play now? And what message do you seek to convey with your commentary via the play? Uh, thank you. Thank you, Tawanda, first of all, for hosting us and organizing this and for that excellent introduction. The answer to your question is, as a South Asian, as a South Asian who loves the culture, the history of South Asia, and by which I include all of South Asia, Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, a very, very rich culture. I was dismayed to see some of the trends where divisions are being created and so much misunderstanding exists. And I felt that somehow the two figures who, more than anyone else, represent the essential soul of one nation, Jinnah for Pakistan, Gandhi for India, Mahatma Gandhi, Kaide Azam, if somehow these two symbolically could meet in a play, in a poem, in something I could write, that would make my little contribution to this uh, situation. Now, you know, the playwright, the poet, uh, Tamanna has somewhat of an ego and believes that maybe, maybe what they do will have some impact somewhere. So then I talked to my dear friend, Manjula Kumar, who's also a guru of mine and a sister of mine, We've done three plays together. And I said, Manjula, is it possible to stage this? And then the challenge was, how do you stage it? Because an author writes something on paper, but then it's up to the cast, the writers, the director to give life to those characters. And I must say, I'm very, very moved, very moved, and in fact, overwhelmed to see what they've done with the play. So my purpose was solved. That is to put forward a plea, a pleading for peace because I'm a grandfather, I have children, I have grandchildren, and I want to see them living in peace and enjoying the richness of that culture which is South Asia and not seeing it heading straight into a cul-de-sac. Maybe I'm pessimistic, but that's how I see it, and I believe in my entire service, I've always believed in doing something, being act an activist, and I, to me, this was the way I could best express my emotions uh, through this play. And finally, I also felt that Historically, if you could raise this what-if question, the counterfactual question in history, what if Mahatma Gandhi had not been shot? What if Mr. Jinnah had lived another couple of years? How would history have been very different? It's a question worth uh, pondering. And finally, of course, the fact that, unfortunately, in India, Mr. Jinnah is portrayed very often distorted in a way that you can't recognize him. And in Pakistan, it's the other way around for Mahatma Gandhi. And that really saddens me, because as you said, these are giants. Giants must be put in proper perspective. We must take pride in them, and we must own them. They belong to all of us. So these were some of the very ambitious aims for the project. And I can now only pass it on to Manjula, because she has to carry the ball and run with it. Thank you.
I'm going to turn to you, Manjula, next. Manjula Kumar is well known in the DC community. Uh, she's an educator, director, actor, activist with a strong belief in the arts as a vehicle for advocating social change and promoting peace and harmony in the world. And through her numerous productions, she has worked tirelessly to build bridges of cross-cultural understanding between diverse communities. She's worked for over 30 years at the Smithsonian Institution and produced a variety of programs to express her unique desire to foster cultural cohesion. Manjula Jula, I'm, I'm very excited. She's both producing and directing this play. Trying. Uh, trying. <laughs> well, break a leg. Still no. an effort. Yes. Uh, you write about this play. Dr. Ahmed conveys his strong belief in interfaith practices through his message of peace and hope. As the director of this masterpiece play, my endeavor is to educate, enlighten, and engage a multicultural, multireligious, multilingual, intergenerational audience. So, I mean, I mean that's quite... Uh, a broad uh, and I think lofty ambition. I'd like to hear your journey with the play. How has it been bringing it to stage? And then how, how do you think this will impact both communities in South Asia, but diaspora communities who may be not so clear on this history and are seeing some of these characters for the first time? Right. <clears throat> thank you, Tamanna. <clears throat> and thank you to USIP. I can't believe I'm actually here. I've attended many programs, and as we were driving and coming in, I said, this is the ideal place to do this kind of a discussion coming off of the play. And I just want to start with what came to mind this morning, Mahatma Gandhi's quote, which is very appropriate hey, here. Peace is the most powerful weapon of mankind. So weapon and peace. I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, as far as the play, I first read the play three years ago. Then we had to deal with COVID and then some personal problems. But anybody who's come to rehearsals or heard about this production, we could not have timed it better to promote and spread the message of peace. What are we facing right now from morning till evening? What are we looking at? So. It had to be done. The spreading of the message of peace is forever and ever. The timing of it, but also the challenges. So here we are. The moment you mentioned the title, Gandhi and Jinnah return home. Oh, really? What's it about? So the two names. So I go around saying, oh, the two iconic men in my life, but there's a third one here also, <laughs> but there's another one, Churchill you know, who's over here. So while we start from the historical perspective of partition, taking it, you know, to modern day and a future. So we're talking past, present and the future. So the, at times when we've mentioned about Gandhi and, oh, so many films have been made on Gandhi, so many books have been written, plays. I've myself done a couple of plays, but the uniqueness of this play is that it starts, starts from a historical background, and then we visit Karachi and um, Gujarat in India, but there's this promise of hope, which is so important, and when you talk about enlighten, educate, that's what I'm talking about. We have Akbar Ahmed's grandson here somewhere, isn't that right? Alexander? Hello. So this, I mean, hey, 
Where else can we start? The first and most important aspect of doing this play is starting from all of us. We need to revisit, we need to become more. I have learned so much in these past years. Of re I thought I knew some of the things, but it's bringing awareness, more sensitivity and more, you know. But the challenges, you know, here I had the script on paper, but to take it on to the stage is a challenge, but very exciting. And I'm thrilled to have an exceptional cast that's working round the clock. And uh, so one important thing of the play is it's totally original. We have an original script. We're trying to put everything, the collage that you do see over there is done by our artistic director. The music you were listening to has been composed by uh, one of our cast members. So everything, the costuming, the music, the artwork. So that itself has been very creative, very exciting. And Gandhiji's message, unity in diversity. So in our cast, we have Christians, Sikh, Hindus, Muslims, and Jewish. And here we are in Washington, D.C., all coming together, all chiming in, learning. We're learning so much. The person who's playing Churchill has been reading and looking up the crown and you know, getting his British accent. So a lot of work, a lot of challenge. And um, education, I think to me as an arts activist, education is the most important, that's what I've been doing I think all my life, but it's education about the arts and through the arts. And that's what I feel drama, you know, brings all the elements together of poetry and music and literature, all of it, to convey, in this case, a very important message. And that message, we all keep hearing, you know, of peace and harmony, but today, more than anything else. And again, why drama? We may get up in the morning and look at those horrendous oh, things from Palestine or before it was, but it's alone. Right? We may go to bed at night, look at these images and get terribly disturbed. But what the Greeks quite very appropriately shared with us is catharsis. You know, we, they practiced it then, we really need it today. And drama, and just as that we are in a conversation today, is therapy is an exchange. So you're not sitting in isolation, reading a newspaper or watching the news. We are all together. And it's an experiential uh, thing that I think is most important, especially in this play. Thank you so much, Manjula. That's uh, very inspiring. I, I want to turn to our artists with us, our actors. I think it's, a, it's great that you have embodied these historic characters, and I want to hear from each of you. First, I'm going to turn to Sri. Sri uh, Mirajkar is an active left brain creative. He's a seasoned, award-winning actor, writer, and director with passion for theater, 
filmmaking, and storytelling. By day, he's president of an IT consulting firm, but he's also launched new ventures in environmental and sustainability space. He is playing Mahatma Gandhi in Gandhi and Jinnah Return Home. And I know that is quite a challenge for a person who is known not just in South Asia, but across the world, right? And in now, in this day and age, there's quite a bit of criticism of him. He's become more controversial even in India. I, I want to explore with you how was it, um, you know, embodying him on stage? What do you look forward to? What did you learn? But also how, you know, as part of the diaspora from South Asia, how has this connected you to your personal story being part of this play? Over to you, Shri. Thank you so much, and uh, thanks to USIP for having us over here. I think uh, we're talking about something that is extremely important. Um, and uh, playing Gandhi, of course, you know, what gave it away? But uh, uh, it's a very, very iconic role for me as an actor. I think this is a dream come true for any actor to play such a, such a, uh, um, what can I say about Gandhiji, right? Uh, I think a lot of us revere, and uh, <coughs> we would love to uh, live by his principles, which is extremely important at a time uh, at today, you know, what is going on in the world. So for me, as an actor, certainly a challenge. Uh, I uh, ended up losing a little bit of weight and preparing for this role, I think, and that's the only way to, to, to have done it. Uh, but uh, the play by itself and the dialogue uh, that happens between Jinnah, between uh, Gandhi, between um, Winston Churchill, you know, three extremely, extremely important and giants in themselves and what they did for their own countries, I think that by itself is so, so important and where history, um, you know, teaches us so much. And without that knowledge, without that education, for us to move forward today, you know, and to find our path, I think it's extremely important. This play is extremely important. Dr. Ahmed has uh, done full justice to uh, bringing some very, very important issues to the forefront. And also, uh, obviously, now for us to perform on stage under the able direction of Manjula, um, is is quite a, um, not only a challenge, but I think it's been an extremely, extremely satisfying um, process, and we're excited. We would hope for all of, our, all of you guys to come and support us and watch us and uh, see the play and hopefully take away a message of peace and harmony and love. So, Thanks very much, Sri. I want to turn to you, Farhan. Farhan Baba is uh, president and CEO of Pescara Consulting, offering uh, modern analytic solutions. Uh, so he's, you know, currently pursuing AI-based driven solutions. So I think this play is a little bit of a departure from your day job, but you are also an avid polo player and you enjoy participating in creative arts, including filmmaking and theater. He is playing Muhammad Ali Jinnah, the founder of Pakistan, in this play. You know, Jinnah is a, maybe a lesser known figure to a U.S. public than maybe uh, Mahatma Gandhi, but not, you know, in the, in the uh, freedom post-colonial reality of the subcontinent as important a figure, especially for Pakistan's history. Um, can you talk a little bit about what went into building for you the character of Jinnah and what you, how was that experience? What did you learn from the experience? Uh, <clears throat> thank you, Tamanna. Um, 
and USIP for giving us this platform to talk about this. Uh, first of all, it, playing Jinnah means the world to me. Um, it's a great honor for me to be interpreting uh, this such, a, such an enormously heroic figure in history. And, um, uh, and, and you know, as you know, Jinnah, was, he, he had to struggle against um, uh, the greatest political odds at the time in India. Uh, that is the British Empire, the, the, uh, the then Congress Party of India, to, to create a nation state, to create a state that, uh, that became, the, at the time, the largest Muslim nation on earth. Um, so, um, you know, so, so the partition of, of India is, 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 a, is a very, the independence and the subsequent partition uh, into two countries is, is a very controversial figure, uh, uh, controversial event in history. Uh, it's, to date, it's highly debated. So for me, in order to do justice to this play, to this character in particular, I had to really embark on a journey to educate myself, to educate myself about, uh, about what, uh, you know, what, what, what it meant to Jinnah, what, uh, what India meant to Jinnah, what Muslims meant to Jinnah, and, and eventually what Pakistan meant to Jinnah. Um, and, you know, being one of the, the, the most successful lawyers of his time, uh, both in India and Britain, um, it, uh, it, it, it just really intrigued me as to what it meant to him to migrate from his indulgence into um, uh, Savile Row suits and, 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 a, and a luxurious lifestyle to, to, really, um, um, to uh, really adopting a life with a cause, a cause that really culminated into creating a new, uh, new nation state. So, um, so I had to study accounts of his life to understand what was going on with him, what was going on at the time of partition, um, his various you know, p political positions in his life, uh, uh, and in particular, I mean, I, I could go on and on, but in particular, uh, what he thought about um, uh, political representation of minorities, for example, his, his uh, post-partition speeches about, uh, about how uh, he really you know, stress, stressed upon uh, upholding the secular values. Uh, so all of that, it, 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 it's really interesting. I think it, it has really enriched me. I think it's, it's transformed me already. Uh, I feel like uh, I have a more enlightened view on, um, uh, on minorities' uh, rights, on human rights. Um, and, and, and it, you know, it's, um, and especially the secular values that we keep talking about, what's going on in the world, around the world these days for, for decades, and how it's also becoming a challenge in the subcontinent, to be honest, you know, to, uh, uh, to, to, to uphold those secular values. So when this first when the opportunity came to me, uh, so my wife was like, uh, you have to do this, you cannot give this up, and you must perform. <laughs> so, it, it, so, so, you know, so the decision came in a heartbeat. So for me, it really, uh, to be playing Jinnah uh, is, is, is critical in my life right now. I think it's, uh, for me, it is like um, playing a very tiny, or being a tiny, a very tiny part of the history the history that I think continues to, uh, to, um, to shape the future South Asia region. Mm.
Thank you very much. Thanks. Um, I'd like to turn to Somia, Somia Kinney. Um, Dr. Somia Kinney is a public health researcher with a focus on health equity and how it impacts public health and research outcomes, especially among underserved communities. Um, she's equally passionate about all aspects of music, from its creation to performance to production, and she's a budding pianist, singer, and most recently has become interested in composing, recording, and mixing. Uh, her introduction to creative arts came from her grandmother, a vocalist and musician herself, and has been immersed in Indian classical music, theater, dance, and literature. And so, Mia, you play the Indian activist, it's an imaginary character, Meena Kumari in uh, Gandhi and Jinnah Return Home. And I think you have a very interesting, you're not a historical character. You actually, I think, represent us. You are uh, a modern, critical observer of what's going on. And I think it's great. You're almost, you know, you're the outside observer. You're the conscious of the play. Um, so I'd love to hear as we're exploring all of these different problems, I mean, the play touches on so many issues in modern day India and Pakistan, whether it's gender, religious minorities, casteism, um, pluralism, so many different things. How did you uh, deal with all of these? And you, know, you yourself are part of the diaspora uh, coming from South India. How was it that this uh, experience changed and affected you? Well, that's, a, that's a great question. And thank you, Tamanna, for, for asking that. And I'm going to say one thing. I have Gandhi on one side and Jinnah on the other, <laughs> promoting peace it, at the U.S. Peace Institute. How, you know, it can't get any better than that. So thank you all for coming and uh, having, showing an interest in, in, our, in the work that we are putting. We have really been working hard. It's the final week. Uh, and would love to see some of you at the play. And uh, Hopefully you'll enjoy and also take home with you the message of peace that this play is trying to promote. So to answer your question, I think, yes, I play a more current uh, woman, the woman of today. Uh, my name is Meena Kumari, and I did ask Dr. Ahmed, why Meena Kumari? What was the reason for that name? And he said, she was a very iconic a film actress uh, from the 70s, uh, and apparently that's his favorite uh, film actress. <laughs> and so he decided to name this character Meena Kumari. But there is a surprise element about that name as well that's explored in the play. So I would love to uh, have you find that out. <laughs> and um, so what does it mean for me to be playing Meena Kumari, the woman of today? I play a journalist from New Delhi. Uh, she is very strong, outspoken, and a very vocal, uh, fact-driven woman. And I think, as Tamanna mentioned, uh, my grandmother was a big inspiration for me, who, you know, in the 40s, 30s and 40s, was the first woman in our family to get a high school education, which was really important at that time. And she pursued a career in music. She taught music to provide for her family, uh, didn't let any of these other societal norms kind of question her passion and her interests. So likewise, I was the first woman in my family to come here to the US as a student, as a 21-year-old, and pursue my education. So I'm happy to emulate these characteristics that Meena Kumari uh, shows in the play as a strong woman, as a passionate woman, as a fact-driven woman. And also I play a journalist and an activist and I did some research about 
journalists in India, the journalism, um, how it is, you know, happening today as we speak, because I wanted to be more current in how I understand the world as we see today, especially in India. And she worked, this friend of mine worked as one of the top journalists in the 1990s, 2000s timeframe, and she had some really interesting experiences to share. One of the things I remember her saying is during training, she was taught the journalist's ethical code, which are two things. One is being unbiased, and second is being non-affiliated, which is not having any political or religious aspects to your own being, which might bias or which might convolute your um, fact um, reporting abilities. So I feel really honored to actually exemplify these specific two qualities as a journalist in this play, which represents the journalist's ethical code, which is, I feel, is in question in India currently. Um, we are in a very interesting situation, um, you know, and what this play explores is it starts with the partition time frame where political and religious aspects were key, and the play also explores the current contemporary situation where I feel that the same two aspects, political and religious aspects, are at play as well. So this play really beautifully brings those two aspects together, and that's what makes me excited about this play and being able to play Meena Kumari. Thank you so much, Soumya. Can I make a comment here? Yes, please, Dr. Ahmed. Uh, I wanted to make a brief comment. Uh, Dr. Soumya has very beautifully encapsulated her role. In fact, that is one of my most favorite roles because I've created it with a lot of nuance, a lot of colors within the role. So we know Jinnah, we know Gandhi, there's not much scope that I can do. Everyone knows who they are and everyone knows where they stand. But it is Meena Kumari who is amorphous because she's representing the conscience of South Asia. And you see the dilemmas. She's courageous, but she's under a lot of pressure. Will she give in? Will she make a stand? How much of a stand must she make? How much of tradition must she preserve in order to move forward? All those nuances. Because we have, Tamana, a very strong emphasis in attempting to correct the imbalance in South Asian history as far as gender is concerned. You know, you'll notice from our history mm -hmm. that it's often seen as the history of Jinnah and Gandhi, and that's it. So in our play, you'll see a very strong role for the women in the play. I mean, obviously, we can't give them as much um, place as we can to the men, but we have a very strong role for Kasturba, Gandhi's wife, and Fatima Jinnah. They have very strong roles, and they make their presence uh, very much felt. Uh, but the purpose eventually is not only to entertain art for art's sake, but also to educate. Because as Manjula said, very few people know about these characters, even of our generation. And there's a new generation growing up, the diaspora, who really know very, very little. Mm -hmm. So the more we talk, and I have uh, wonderful American students at um, American University, and they know very little about South Asia. South Asia is sort of blank. So you know, it's uh, further east, China, China-US rivalry, or Ukraine, or now, the Middle East, but South Asia gets dropped in a hole. So it's important they understand, uh, as I said, the complexity, the history, the culture of that part of the world. And that comes through uh, this particular play because at the end of the play, we'll have these two gigantic characters and both are giants in their own way, titans. And both of them, the arc begins 
right in the beginning where they are in conflict from the history where history fades away, 47, 48, when they leave, the, leave us on this planet. But by the end of the play, they come together. They come together in a very warm and emotional manner. And Manjula being the great director, she's, she's moved that scene to such a point that there'll be many tears in the audience because they'll see something very symbolic there. I hope I'm not giving away your end. No, you're good. Can I just add Please. quickly one point <clears throat> to the gender perspective? So again, it couldn't be more timely, the whole question about journalists in that part of the world and especially female journalists because there's been a lot of news as to how um, someone has been killed and this and this. So it's very timely to address that. But what is very important aspect is how Dr. Ahmed has first shown us in 1947 the power, the strength of women like Kasturba Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi's wife, and Fatima Jinnah, uh, Jinnah's sister. So that was 1947. And then we come to the present day of that, the differences, and we end with we might say, we'll be, be with you, no, we've added, we will lead the way. So that's a futuristic women's uh, issue over there. But there is, as we were having a discussion in one of our rehearsals, also the cultural. Mm -hmm. So we cannot say, oh, but in the United States, women do this for women's empowerment. You have to understand the cultural aspect of it. So it's a very important aspect that will be something quite new in the play. People are coming with the historical and, you know, that, so I'm excited. That's great. I want, I want to build on this. You know, the play highlights many issues. So gender, you've mentioned. You always also talk about religious identity, coexistence, Pluralism, democracy, religious fanaticism. Gandhi, Gandhi's favorite halwa. Yeah, Gandhi's favorite halwa is also in there. But Dr. Ahmed, I want, I want to draw you out. You have been a professor for many years. You've been a diplomat. You've seen how hard these issues are. Not only were they difficult at 47, 48, but they continue to be drivers of conflict in both India and Pakistan, across South Asia to be you know, when I visit all of the countries of South Asia, we see these as drivers of internal conflict. And so what are the lessons that your play is trying to impart uh, to a new generation, to people in the region? And, and do you see hope uh, to overcome any of these? Tamana, I do see hope because I am by nature an optimist, a positive person, in spite of the misery around us. Sometimes maybe I'm not quite normal, but that's how I see the world. And that's what's kept me going, because otherwise, if you begin to add up two plus two and it comes to four, you're really in trouble, because the world is in a, in a bad shape. Uh, I'm inspired by the famous uh, Jewish, uh, Jewish shibboleth, tikkun olam, to heal a fractured world. And that's also in Islam, that if there's a problem, if people are hurting, try to help. And I think that in South Asia, it is really time uh, to go back to the greats. And that's why I go back to Jinnah and Gandhi, because they are... If you start from them, then you can begin the process of healing. You can't do it on your own. There's so many politicians who've come and gone, and they will continue to come and go. But these are the two permanent features in mm. both these countries. And they can, understanding them, and understanding life and society through them, and through what they wanted, what they really wanted. And I did a very deep, deep study. As you know, I made films, I wrote, made documentaries, I wrote books on both of them. Uh, 
both of them have so much to give to us today. It's very, very moving, and I feel very, very privileged to be from South Asia. When you read uh, Mahatma Gandhi, you're amazed at his, uh, his, uh, his warmth, his humanity, his philosophy, and his great sense of humor, and the way they work together in terms of sense of humor. Mm -hmm. You know, when one meets the other, Gandhi meets Jinnah and says, you have mesmerized the Muslims. And Jinnah replies, you have hypnotized the Hindus. Now, this kind of boyish alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> you don't imagine any other politician uh, doing that, sort of using that sort of language. But yet they had that spirit that they were, they were live and they were interacting almost as, as a kind of sparring, using each other as sparring mm -hmm. partners. So I have a lot of hope that if people understand the problems and understand the solutions through these great historic figures that we have, I think we can move. Mm -hmm. I think Gandhi is someone that Pakistani should really know about. We know very little in Pakistan, very, very often as a stereotype. Similarly with uh, Jinnah in India, that will help, that will help majorities to understand the minority better and therefore ease their own mm -hmm. societies. Because right now societies in both countries are heading into a cul-de-sac. Mm. They, they have no solutions. You can't just continue to hit people or break people or kill people and say, this is going to be a solution. It's never worked in history. Professor Ahmed, if I may draw you out a little bit on the denuclearization, I found this very interesting. By the end of the play, both Gandhi and Jinnah uh, believe that neither both countries should move towards denuclearization. Now, this is a, a, a conversation that is not happening in reality in either country. It isn't happening, Tabana, and don't announce it too early or I'll get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you... It's the fear it, yes. that's but you, but you see, again, as a playwright, I had to be ruthlessly honest and put myself in the shoes, or in Gandhi's case, sandals. What would he be thinking? Mm. What would Mahatma be thinking about the nuclear program? And forget whatever about Hindu chauvinism, etc. He would be concerned about humanity. What would Jinnah be thinking? Again, he would be concerned about humanity. Jinnah would never say, use a nuclear bomb and kill so many Hindus or kill so many Sikhs, because they were his people. He felt, and so did Gandhi, that these are my people. They wanted a separate country, ultimately it didn't work out. And the aim was not to create two enemies for eternity. Mm -hmm. All the actions are, you know, the Gandhi's action, we have it in the play, this is a fact that he had agreed to come to Pakistan three months of the year, nine months in India, three months in Pakistan. And Jinnah had, in turn, reached out and offered him a state visit so he would be treated as a head of state, as a gesture of respect. So that was the kind of attitude they had to each other. It wasn't that it, we are going to be enemies and we'd start killing mm -hmm. each other and shooting at each other. As far as nuclear is concerned, I am convinced the humanism of these two Humanity of these two would have demanded that for South Asia, keep it clean because at some stage, some lunatic in the future may press a button and kill millions of people who may be Hindu or Muslim or Sikh, but they will be our people. And when you kill our people, we all lose something. It's exceptional. I want to turn actually to talk to both uh, Shri and Farhan for a second. You know, a lot of the play focuses on religious intolerance. And with one fourth of human population lives in South Asia, they are often hostage to the hatred from the time of independence, right? The play really gets into it that, you know, once Hindus and Muslims and Sikhs were neighbors, sometimes they quarreled, sometimes they shared their lives. Today, it seems they can't even talk to each other without accusations and abuse. I found that a very powerful line 
in the play. And, and both of you, Gandhi in India follows the story of uh, minority persecution and Jinnah in Pakistan goes and sees uh, minority persecution. And so I want to ask each of you, how did you, um, how did you tackle that? It, it is a very touchy topic in today's day and age, um, but also what is the message, obviously, that you wanted to, to portray? So why don't we start with you, Sri? Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> it is kind of sad where we are in terms of uh, religious intolerance, uh, using violence to um, either assert uh, your own message, your own narrative, or uh, the historical scars, I think, that each side bears sometimes, um, you know, inflicting uh, more violence on each other will never heal those scars. And I think it is time for both countries to look at it with, you know, uh, a completely new uh, way of uh, how two neighbors can coexist. And uh, going back to what Dr. Adman uh, had also put about the, uh, you know, neutralization completely and getting rid of the uh, nuclear weapons and things like that, I think it's an idealist view, but I think it is something that both countries can and and must work towards to at least have some, some semblance of peace in that area because at the end of the day, it's the people who end up suffering. It's the people who, and again, every time that I've met with any of my Pakistani friends, any of my um, other friends, it's like, hey, we have the same language, we uh, wear the same clothes, we look the same, everything's the same. It's one bloody line that got drawn between these two um, countries and, and made these two countries, uh, India and Pakistan. And so I think it is time to look at it uh, differently to say, is there an alternative? And I think that is what this play presents. I think that's what Dr. Ahmed has uh, brought forth as a solution to say, yes, there are differences, Hindus, Muslims, but you don't have to always be fighting. You don't have to always be going back in the past. It's time to bury the hatchet in, in some ways, find a solution, find a solution that unites the people of both India and Pakistan, um, unites both Hindus and Muslims, for that matter. And uh, Gandhi, for that one, uh, you know, he had that one message, which was humanity, which was working for the minorities, including the uh, untouchables, Harijans, uh, in, you know, in terms of all the Muslims, Christians, any of the minorities, but I think he would be very, very sad to see what is going on in the world today, where we are. And uh, hopefully his message uh, resonates with, with a few who can change the world. So change starts with one. And uh, he was one who started that. Hopefully the momentum can keep going. Thank you, Shri. I appreciate that. Farhan. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I would totally mirror what, what Shri has said for sure. And I also want to mention that I'm not a professional actor. I, I have a lot of other things going on in life, especially, you know, paying the bills and stuff. So for me, this really is, I, I, re, I really do this out of morality. And that relates to your question because it's, um, this is the time to really start thinking about where the two countries are today versus what the vision or the visions of both Jinnah and uh, and Gandhi were uh, at the time. 
And if I talk a bit more about the Pakistani side, I think uh, it's, uh, to me, it's, 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 it's vividly clear as to what the vision, uh, as to what Jinnah's vision was when he created Pakistan, because all we have is, is the speeches that he delivered after the partition, right? And it was very clear that he wanted a, a, a modern, secular state. Uh, he, he minced no words in in stating, stating that in his speeches, and, and you know very clearly he mentioned how how he wanted, uh, how he told his people that you are free to go to to your temples, to your mosques, to your churches, and and uh, uh, and practice your faith. So, unfortunately, um, I don't see a lot of tolerance being um, being upheld today. Uh, more, you know, more so in the subcontinent. Uh, we, we, you know, we have India versus Pakistan issues, but we, all, we also have internal issues. I think all of those need to be addressed, and I don't find any better way than this uh, to really highlight these issues and make sure that they, you know, that we all start debating them, start thinking about them, and start actually working towards finding solutions and not living in the past and start looking at the future. Yeah, very well said. I think in, in the play you say, Jinnah says creation of Pakistan for him is a hollow success. Pakistanis revere me, uh, but, but, they, uh, but they don't really understand my message of creating a modern Muslim society, human rights, women's rights, respect for constitutions. I mean, that, the lines you've written are very poignant. You don't let anyone go. Uh, and I think the criticism is across the board for what we see in sort of modern the South one Asia. The criticism of me will also be... Yes, <laughs> but I think for peace you need to be brave. Yes, yes. We've got Gandhi and Jinnah with us. <laughs> yes. Manjula leading us, so inshallah we'll face them. Before we open it up to questions from the audience, I do want, Manjula, I want to turn to you. You know, how do you see, this is, you know, play, and I've seen in India and Pakistan great plays, especially in times of oppression where they are critiquing the powers that be, you know, whether it's during Ziel Haq's regime, whether it was in other regimes in India in the 80s, their plays and poetry, you know, and song have been used to criticize. How do you see art plays and similar forms of expression can be used to push peace forward? Right now, we have sort of a logjam. You know, people in power are not necessarily moving forward. But can citizenry through art be activated? <clears throat> That's what I deal with all the time. Think about in creating. The arts are creative. And so when there are strong messages to convey, and you, it's not a history lesson, it's not a book on politics, it's not, so the arts inform. Now when we're dealing with such an intense, complex, controversial issue that the play is about, there has to be relief. And that's what I've tried to do in, uh, through collage the screen for our play is almost another actor. So a lot of people in, during our rehearsal said, you have to help people understand what's going on. You have to, but you over can't, you know, overfeed as well. So that becomes 
the creative process from how you select, how you put, you know, the actors have to be so precise. And that's been a very conscious style for my display. Uh, we have um, Nazm by Fares Ahmed Fares right in the middle to, and he is talking about that dawn that we hoped for, that dawn that we died for, where is it, one day. So that takes the audience at another level of understanding, of feeling, right in the middle of, and we've got very intense dialogue. Um, <clears throat> what's most impressive, and again, I've had this <clears throat> feedback from so many people, Dr. Ahmed has written a difficult, has handled a very difficult theme, but kept the balance amazing. There is nobody that has read or seen that can see any tilt anywhere. And so not just the Hindus, Muslims, Pakistan, but constantly, you know, the Sikhs and the Christians and the Jews, there's a dialogue about the nuns are being, and yet it's poignant. It's not hitting out, it's not, um, abrasive. In fact, I keep thinking, oh, there's no bad language in the play. There is no violence. We talk about violence, but there is no violence on the stage. So I think bringing so many aspects of poetry and we have live music and we have um, artwork over there makes it <clears throat> more palatable, I think, and it reaches a very diverse audience. We don't know who's coming, at what level of information they are. So we've got to give a lot, but not overfeed. And yet you want to engage a very mixed audience. So here's our effort, and I'm sure we'll do it. Yeah, thank you. I do want to open it up to our um, in-person audience. We have runners here with microphones. So if you have a question, please uh, raise your hand. Please do identify yourself and your affiliation. And we can start. There's a Question right here. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Azmat Nasir. I'm with the U.S. federal government. So I think the timing and the theme of your play is just impeccable. With with the current events going on and what we've seen in the past with the South Asian culture, I mean the theme so much resonates with what's going on. Um, although you know we're looking at the vision that Dr. Ahmed has put into it with the amazing skill set from Manjula Kumar. I mean, this could be a very big potential for silver screen. Uh, I mean, people could benefit out of the theme, not only at the Washington DC level, but across the subcontinent, but across the world too. So my question to Dr. Ahmed as well as, to, or jointly to uh, Manjula Kumar is, has there been any consideration for this to be taken more broadly so people across the globe can benefit from such a timely and peaceful message which has been embodied across the board uh, from a South Asian perspective, but also what is currently going on in the culture and in the world current events right now. So I know it's a pretty loaded question in two different parts, but I'm happy to repeat if needed, but um, uh, Thank just, you very much. Sure. Uh, excellent, excellent suggestion. And I know that uh, Manjula is already thinking of filming it and hopefully then it'll be available. But ideally, I agree with you if somehow, and this is my dream, maybe I can't do it, but People will have to do it. Manjula have to once again show the lead. Uh, if it can be taken to Pakistan, taken to India, taken to Southeast Asia, so people see this engagement. We don't expect to convert everyone. We don't expect everyone to say whatever you said is right. But we expect people to see 
the sincerity of the play, there's an integrity there, that there's a plea, that all of us are making that plea, the plea for peace. And we are saying that we will not expect you to agree with us, we will expect you to dialogue, to debate, to discuss, and hopefully, hopefully leave the theater with something a bit more positive, a bit more hopeful, and maybe move this needle a little bit. And that will be sufficient for Sumanjula. Please think of taking it out there. Of course, finance is always a problem. <laughs> so I think we have like six performances here in the Washington DC area. And again, as I said, we don't know, we cannot predict the audience that we will have, but I'm hoping, or I will say predicting, that it will be a very mixed audience. So we're going to reach out to some people who have no idea of the historical, the geopolitical uh, background, and will see it with an open mind. So what do they take away? What are we trying to see from where we were, where we are, and where we are going? But my, I'd be happy, I'd be pleased if some people who already come with a baggage or who are, have their own set ideas about, no, this happened, no, this doesn't happen, this is not right, and this is not that. So they rethink. You know, one of the beautiful dialogue, you know, is saying we want people to look at it with fresh eyes. I want to open minds and stir, you know, um, conversation, debate. I don't think this is really controversial, but if it is, be it. Let it start. And um, that to me would be, and we are hoping, um, this is my third play with Dr. Ahmed. We did Dara Shiko. Now Noor was based on the whole question of terrorists and how, mm -hmm. you know. And we've shown that film in universities. This will have a much greater appeal. You can't just take a play or say, you know, come watch it. It has to have an interest. It has to have an appeal to people. But I can say that already there is an interest to bring it across the Waga border. <laughs> so, and universities here, they definitely need it and organizations. So I think there's a future beyond the six um, performances that we have through November. So the only very quick thing that I would add is that I see no hair on my head for a very long time. <laughs> Please, I think we have a question right here. Hi, my name is Contessa Bourbon. Thank you for this very interesting forum. I'd like to ask, how would you describe the dialogues and the acting of the actors that should entice or engage the audience. Um, what are the challenges in directing such diverse actors? What are the challenges in, um, let me repeat the question. I think what are the challenges in directing such diverse actors and maybe if some of the dialogue that should entice. And um, I, having read the play, I have to say there are some very, uh, the dialogue is very piercing and it, it is very spot on. They don't shy away from controversy. So I would definitely ask you to, you know, we talk, they talk about everything from denuclearization, casteism, religious intolerance, Kashmir, 
the status, the multi-crisis of Pakistan, um, the treatment of Muslims in India. There's a, you know, there are minorities in Pakistan. Even the personal differences of Jinnah, Gandhi, Churchill. If I might actually build on that question, you also don't shy away from modern criticism of Jinnah and Gandhi, right? Yes. Both in their countries and worldwide, whether it's about race, gender. Um, so, I mean, if you want to talk about any of those, please. So really the challenge to get, again, as I said, a script to the stage is how can you convince a public, an audience of what, and there are these three iconic men in history. We start with Churchill, an American who's playing more, everybody knows about Churchill, what he looked like, how he spoke. So he's been working very hard on uh, learning an English accent, British accent, and terminology, which you've given us. And then we have um, Jinnah and Gandhi, because everybody knows what they look like. So so fortunate I got these people who half, you know, <laughs> half the world was, but their mannerisms and also it is, no, he didn't smoke the cigar like this. He didn't dress like this. And then you have, and okay, we have a character nobody knows about, but what she should, could be, would be wearing, how would she behave? So then you have the, I call it my kit, the drama kit, but not every actor picks up all those enunciation, pronunciation, projection. So what you have in your mind as a director, producer, may not be the final product on the stage because you've had to compromise in many places, many issues and areas. It's a constant work. If I might ask the actor, Somia, why don't we start with you? What do you think the biggest challenge was taking, you know, a written, the written dialogue and bringing it alive on stage? Yeah, in fact, I was going to add something to what Manjula ji said, because this is my debut performance. I've, I've done theater as a, in school, but I have not done it as an adult. And... Uh, uh, the story how this came to be is also really interesting. Uh, Manjula Ji and I were just met up for for lunch and we had some really heated conversations about my background and where she came from and all of that. And the next thing I know is she calls me saying, you'll be perfect for this role that I have uh, on this play. Would you like to come and join us? Well, you know, would be great. And so I was a little hesitant at first. And, um, you know, because my background is more in music and recording and piano and those aspects. But I know she knows how to bring that out in me. And she always says, I think I have more of a, you know, she always says, don't smile. <laughs> because I have a tendency to smile because that's how my personality is. So and she does the smiling role part of her role better. And singing. <laughs> um, so she really, I'm, I'm happy in a way that I get to do that, the smiling and the singing, which are my strengths, that you know, she's been generous enough to let me do that. But also uh, coach me and guide me in a way that I'm able to deliver the requirements of what Meena Kumari as a journalist, as someone who stands for facts and truth would also be doing. So it's a, it's a great opportunity and I'm very, very fortunate to be working with you. 
Wonderful. Farhan or Shreve, um, I can add. add? Uh, so I, uh, you know, about the dialogues and stuff, I, I also do a, uh, a charity event every year. So my last charity event that we did, I had to give a little speech. And after the speech, one of my friends comes, and he has no idea about this play. And he's like, Farhan, why are you talking like Jinnah? <laughs> so it's like we really it yeah, into yeah, your yeah. life. <laughs> so it's like we really have to kind of you know live live this character right now, and we think about it and dream about it and all that. So it's it's, it's it'll take sad. you it's it'll good. take you a long time to come out of the character, but it will never leave you. <laughs> it doesn't look like it will. Um, for me, I think um, I've done a lot of theater, uh, but this one this one one character has been. Uh, not a challenge as such, but I think it's a very, very uh, humbling experience for me. And uh, initially, I was in India when Manjulaji contacted me. And at that time, you know, looking at the title, having not read the entire script completely, I was a little skeptical. I was a little skeptical to say, okay, um, you know, what... And I've worked with Manjulaji before. I've uh, worked on Noor. Uh, Dr. Ahmed's another play. And, As a uh, terrorist. Um, yeah, I was a terrorist there. Uh, and look at this, from a terrorist to Gandhi. Um, but uh, I was skeptical to not present Gandhiji in a negative light. You, you know, again, you have your own thoughts about this whole thing to say, he's bringing Gandhi and Jinnah back and he's gonna talk about partition, he's gonna talk about current day, what's going on, how critical is he going to be? And how balanced will he be in terms of both these characters? And uh, for Indians, I think, you know, Gandhi is what he is and for Pakistanis, Jinnah is what he is. And we revere these characters from history and, and what they've done for these two countries. And so I was very, very skeptical, but very pleasantly surprised that uh, I think Dr. Ahmed has done uh, full justice to making sure that um, you know both are very balanced and both are given uh, the stage time, given the um, you know platform to be able to share their thoughts as far as history is concerned, and uh, not necessarily distorting anything from history the way things happen but also bring them into the present and take them into the future to say you both are now you know, nuclear states. And what does that mean? It's a very, very heavy responsibility, I think, that you place on the character. And that is something that I keep struggling with to say, what is the message that this man is giving? And he's given the message that people know about. But now this is a completely new Gandhi, a new Gandhi who's talking about Nuclear, he's talking about peace, he's, you know, he's been doing that all this time, but now it's so much more relevant. The character by itself is so much more relevant. So it's uh, very, very interesting, uh, fascinating for me to explore this character, to keep you know, peeling out the uh, different layers of this onion to say, what is it that uh, you know, he is all about today, vis-a-vis uh, you know, -vis what's going on in the world? Uh, peace, fighting, violence, intolerance, women's issues, so many different things that, that the play addresses. So I think in that context, it's extremely important to 
you know, keep breaking down that character for me. Thank you very much. Can I just? Uh, one, we're actually okay, a little bit past out. time, so I'm going to have to cut you off. I'm so sorry, Manjula, yes. but I'm going to actually turn either of you. I mean, I think Dr. Ahmed just is going to give the last word uh, as we're a little over time. But I want to thank the audience for joining us today. Please. Uh, Dr. Tawana, just to thank you, thank USIP. And I want to bring on record my appreciation of Manjula Kumar and a brilliant cast, some of who you met this uh, evening. Uh, this play could not have been staged without Manjula. Her commitment, her passion, and her compassion. To me, she is the true bridge between India and Pakistan and between the communities. And I want to acknowledge her daughter, Aisha, and her late beloved husband, who I know is looking down at us uh, with uh, great beneficence. Uh, she takes inspiration from him. And I would like to thank the cast and the better halves of the cast. I know all of them, their wives and their husbands are with them, supporting them. And I know when Farhan had his haircut, I'm sure he cleared it with Maham first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she gave him the haircut, so. Yes, thank you all so much. I want to give a special thanks to Dr. Ahmed and Manjula Kumar for putting this play out into the world. I hope you all can see it this weekend at American University. There are flyers out there, and we really hope your dream for peace uh, and tolerance on the subcontinent and between Indians and Pakistanis can come to life. Thank you all for joining us here today and online. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this event. If you'd like to listen to more events or explore our other podcasts, visit usip.org forward slash podcasts.